The following message is from Temple Bible Church. For more information about the church and its ministries, visit www.templebiblechurch.org. I've not missed a single Sunday in 31 years because of sickness. Then grandkids came along, and they are germ factories, and... Uh, I got strep throat two days ago, and uh, it's only by God's grace that I'm here this morning. Fever, chills, and everything else, and a uh, hiney bow full of penicillin yesterday at the doctor's office, and uh, feeling better, but I appreciate the worship team. I called Bobby last night and said, can you throw in a song or two, because I don't think I can talk the whole time tomorrow. So I appreciate uh, what they've done there. Um, I'll be in the Chick-fil-A on Wednesday. I hope some of you join me there. You know, it's, a, it's really an absurdity in our society when people take biblical stands and are chastised for it. And uh, it's the society we live in. It's the culture we address. It's the people we are to be involved with. But uh, we need to stand up for the rights of uh, those who preach truth. TBC is blessed. By God's grace, we have seen over 100 uh, or we've seen hundreds of people come to faith over the years in Jesus. Many more choose to become Christ followers. Uh, a few weeks ago, if you were with us, I had folks stand up who'd come to faith in Christ since they had been here. And literally throughout the auditorium, dozens and dozens of folks stood up. And we asked folks whose marriages have been saved, addictions overcome, broken hearts healed, grief shared, and dozens, asked, fighting back tears as dozens and dozens of folks stood up. We have been blessed as a body. We have missionaries locally, we have missionaries globally, in the workplace and vocational ministry. We have prodigals that have come home. We've been blessed by God. In America, there are about 350,000 churches, 350,000. Out of those 350,000 churches, there are 1,400 Protestant churches with over, 200, with over 2,000 people attending each week. 350,000 churches, 1,400 with 2,000 more attending each week. By God's grace... We are one of those churches. We're blessed. Throughout all of America, there are a little bit over 400 Protestant churches with 3,000 or more folks in attendance each week. By God's grace, we're one of those. We're blessed. We're blessed. We're blessed beyond belief. Nine out of ten of those uh, 400 churches with 3,000 or more, 90% of them are in large metropolitan areas. We're in a smaller community, in a small city. We are blessed by God. Our children's ministry is bursting at the seams, especially in the 9.30 hour. From nursery through fourth grade, by God's grace, we averaged about 550 kids per Sunday. That's a lot of kids. In Bell County, that would be one of the largest churches, period, those 550-plus kids. be one of the largest churches in Bell County. By God's grace, he's given us a lot of opportunity. Let me give you an example of just one of those kids that grew up in our children's ministry. His name is David McMurray. Some of you will recognize that name. Some of you not. Uh, he was a Wildcat coach. Did I see you walking here? You remember him? Uh, Dave McMurray? Yeah. Uh, he was so proud when he got up to 180 pounds. I'll never forget that day. <laughs> Playing defensive end for you. And, uh, you know, David McMurray showed up with his mom, Nita. She was a single mom, and uh, he showed up at age 10. During his formative years, a number of us men at TBC took him under our wings and began to develop or just expose him to what godly men look like to expose him to what godly fathers look like, godly dads look like, and some Sunday school teachers ministered to him, cared for him. Later, some youth leaders poured into his life, and uh, by God's grace, he became a young man who followed Christ. 
Uh, he became a Wildcat, later went on to finish his education or high school years at Texas A&M. TVC hired him as an intern, then as a junior high pastor, went off to seminary, returned as TVC's family and children's pastor six years ago. Many of you don't know David because he's been gone for six years. But six years ago, we planted a church in Killeen. We had so many soldiers driving back and forth that we decided it was not wise for them to keep doing that. We saw the growth in Colleen and saw the opportunity. And so we sent 200 people, two elders and a pastor to form Grace Bible Church by God's grace. Over the last six years, it's grown under his leadership to over 600 folks. Amazing. To God be the glory, great things he's done. TBC is blessed. GBC is blessed. I use David as an example, and, and God has blessed him with a family with three kids. I hadn't seen his kids in a while. Uh, they're all grown, good-looking kids. Uh, there are lots of examples of young people impacted by godly Sunday school teachers, youth leaders. Uh, They have become school teachers, moms, physicians, entrepreneurs, business owners, bankers, accountants, missionaries, nurses, engineers, pastors, even attorneys over the years. They've grown up right here. Lots of examples of young people ministered to by you. And uh, I bring all this up because the insert in your bulletin, if you'll take a look at it, has to do with where we're headed in the next several months. Take a look at the blue insert with me. We want to continue to be a lighthouse to generations of Central Texans. And so to do that, we're going to do several different things. We thought about different ways. We've been praying for two years now what to do next as a body our leadership has. And and so we ended up here. We need to expand our first, our 815 service as much as we can. So we need some people to serve. There are a lot of David McMurray sitting in Sunday school classes right now. And so we're praying that you will rise up. As Shannon said in the video announcements, we need 20 folks to come and serve at the 815 hour. And so we're going to ask you to sacrificially serve, to serve. We're going to ask some of you to sacrificially move. Summer attendance is strong. Just take a look around the building right now. I watch as our ushers continue to bring people in. We added 150 single chairs to the auditorium, as you can see, against the walls in what used to be an aisle there. We seat over 1,150 people now, and even in the summertime, we're full. We grow anywhere from 10 to 20% when school starts. Our UMHB, TC kids come back, and we end up with uh, probably 300 college students. And so we're going to ask some of you to sacrifice to get here a little earlier, to give up your seats at the latter hours and come at 8.15. We need some of you to give. We, some of you give tokens, some of you tithe, some of you don't give at all. It's really an issue of obedience. We need to build a building. We realize we need to build another building to expand children's areas. We're going to vacate our offices. We're going to build a building, move our offices to a building out back somewhere there. Architects are working on plans right now. We're going to expand parking across the street. TISD has graciously uh, said we can have some more of Thornton School, and uh, we will build parking. We'll pay for it. They can use it during the week. We'll use it on weekends. We'll drop a building back there. We'll expand our office area into more children's space. We'll expand a lobby out here. It's so crowded between hours. And uh, then we'll put adult classes out back as well. We just need some more space now. And uh, TBC's philosophy has been we're not going to build until it's absolutely necessary. It takes months to get plans together. It takes about a year to build a building or a little more. So we realize we want to be proactive rather than reactive. So we've been looking and praying and 
thinking about those things. Some of you can give hundreds of dollars, some of you thousands of dollars, some of you tens of thousands of dollars, some of you hundreds of thousands of dollars. We're going to ask you to give. Uh, you know at TBC, we don't speak about giving that often unless it's in the text, but there's a time that comes when we as a body, we've been blessed. We've got $1.2 million in a building fund without even having a building on the docket, but we feel it's time for us to move forward, and so we're praying for your generosity. God has blessed some of you in miraculous ways, and we're praying that you will bless him back by desiring to expand his kingdom. The most important thing we ask you is to pray. We need you to pray. We need you to pray. We're grateful to God for what he's done. We pray that we will always lead humbly, not pridefully. We pray that we will never coast on our accomplishments, but conquer for his kingdom and to his glory. So we're asking you to serve, to sacrifice, to give, and to pray. And that leads us into this morning's message, the church. The church. That's what it's about. That's what we're about. So if you have your Bibles, Matthew 16 is the text we're going to look at as we look at several different things regarding church. We're in the middle of a series called Shipwrecked. This is a study on ecclesiology, which means the church. Father, we are so grateful. By your grace, you've done so much. You've provided for us in so many ways. It's really miraculous to think about what you've done in a small community, and we say to you be the glory, to you be the honor, to you be the praise. It's our desire, Father, never to be prideful, always to be humble. Never to rest on our laurels, but to look to you and to the expansion of your kingdom in the future. And so, Father, we pray that you would help us to be faithful in little, as well as much. In Christ's name, amen. Matthew chapter 16. Disciples are with Jesus at Caesarea Philippi, beginning in verse 12, 13. Matthew 16, 13, Jesus came in the district of Caesarea Philippi and began asking disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said to them, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he warned the disciples that they should tell no one that he was the Christ. Simon, you're blessed because this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by the Father who's in heaven and Simon, it's upon this confession that I will build my church. Some would say that the church has lost its purpose. Some would say, and honestly, if you look around the landscape of our country, many churches have lost their purpose. They have no idea what they're headed headed to do, what they seek to accomplish or anything else. It reminds me of a little boy who received an archery set for Christmas. His dad sent him into the backyard to practice against the fence. After about an hour, the dad walked out and he saw four arrows stuck right in the middle of the bullseye. Four different arrows, four different targets, four different bullseyes on the fence. And he asked his son, how in the world did you do that? You just got that. He said, dad, it's quite easy. You take the bow, you take the arrow, you shoot it against the fence. Then I've got a can of spray paint and I just paint around the arrow. It's kind of what the church has done in America in this day and age. Everything means nothing. We do everything, but we do nothing. 
The reality is most people have no idea what the church is about, what the church stands for. There are so many different churches, so many kinds of churches in America or in the world. In, in the early 1900s, there were 1,880 denominations in the year 1900. In the year 2000, there were 33,800 denominations. From 1,800 to 33,000 in 100 years. From 1,900 to 2,000. What's the purpose of the church? Andy Stanley pastors a large church in Atlanta, Georgia. Their church has a huge marquee electronic billboard. He said, I was horrified when I was driving to church one day. I came to the place and it said uh, the name of their church is North Point Church, North Point Community Church. He said, when I got there, the marquee said, No Point Community Church. And then he said, I began to realize that's a good description of the church in America and the world today. What's the point? Why do we gather week after week? What are we trying to accomplish? What are we be about? You've heard many people say, and maybe you've said to yourself, I love God, but I have no use for the church. That's too bad. Because Jesus loved the church enough to die for it. So if you love Jesus, you're going to love his church. As imperfect, as messy as the church can be, we're to love it. We're family. Families have issues. Family have preferences. Family have heartbreaks. But I pray more than anything else, as a family, we love one another. So a study of the church ecclesiology, let's take a look at it for the next few minutes. Our message, what do we believe? What do we believe about the church? Church is the ecclesia. Ecclesia is a word that Jesus uses in Matthew chapter 16. It means to be called out, the called out ones. By the way, that's the first time the church is used in the Bible. The word church occurs for the first time in Matthew 16. If you read from Genesis all the way through Malachi, the word church is not mentioned one time. Not a single time. Early on in the ministry of Christ, the word church is never mentioned. Finally, in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus asked asked the disciples, who do people say that I am? Peter offers a confession. And by the way, Christ turns to him and says, upon this rock, not referring to Peter as some believe, but referring to Peter's confession. He says, upon this confession that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God, I will build my ecclesia. Now, up, in that time, up until that time, ecclesia meant those who were called out to some public place, often for political reasons, those who were called out. And so a call would go out, maybe there would be a process, maybe an election, maybe a speech was given, the ecclesia would come. Those that chose not to come when they were called out were called the idiotes, the idiots, that's what we say. They chose not to come. And so Jesus says, I want you to know, Peter, up on this confession, I am going to build my ecclesia, those who will be called out. Well, the church as we know it is twofold. When Jesus is referring to the church, he's referring to all believers. That's called the universal church. But there's also the local church, the local church. We read about local churches throughout the scripture. In Romans chapter 1, verses, verses 1 and 7. By the way, that projector had been fixed and it went out. We've got new, two new projectors ordered, and uh, hopefully this next week they'll be in. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God to all in Rome who were loved by God and called to be his holy people. There is a local church in Rome. Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes to the church of God in Corinth. There was a local church in Corinth. 
Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to God's holy people in Ephesus. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi. The point is that there is a universal church that's formed of all believers. All believers in the world form the universal church. When we go to the Ukraine and minister to our sister church, when we go to Africa, when we go wherever we go, the believers there are part of the universal church. Every believer is part of the universal church. But then there's the local church. That's the group of believers that choose to meet as we choose to meet as a body of believers in the context that we live in. The local church here is first, or is Temple Bible Church. That's where we are. The local church exists, First Baptist, First Methodist, First Presbyterian. Those are local churches in our community. I pray for the churches in our community all the time, those that name the name of Jesus and lift up the gospel, that they will prosper. The church is to be led by elders and deacons. Elders are those who oversee and shepherd the body. They are the spiritual leaders of the body. By God's grace, we have 11 elders that oversee the spiritual side of things here at TBC. It says in 1 Peter 5, to the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder, as a witness of Christ's sufferings, who will also share in glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over the flock, not because you have to or must, but because you're willing. It says that elders are those who are to be the spiritual leaders of the body. Deacons were appointed in Acts chapter 6. By God's grace, we have 24 deacons. Every single week, you see four deacon DODs, deacons on duty, or deacons of the day. They are out in the hallway serving you, serving our body. That deacons took place in Acts chapter 6, the first deacons. It says at that time, there was a complaint among the Hellenistic Jews and the Hebrews because some people were being overlooked in the serving of food, and so they selected from among them brethren of good repute, wisdom, to put them in charge of serving the food so that disciples could devote themselves to prayer and ministry of the word. The function of elders is to lead the body spiritually. The function of deacons is to serve the body physically. And so at TBC, the way we delineate those duties, our elders oversee the spiritual side of things. They oversee the vision. They oversee the doctrine. They oversee where we're headed. The deacons take care of the buildings. They take care of the, 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 the budget. They take care of those particular things. God has given staff members to the church. Staff members are to execute and strategize along with the elders to execute the vision that the elders set. It says in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12, God gave himself, to, uh, Christ gave, the, so Christ himself gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to equip his people for works of service so the body might be built up. Basically, we are imperfect leaders humbly seeking to elevate the Savior and equip his people. That's who we are. That's who we are. The leaders at TBC are men just like every man and woman in this body, imperfect people, who are humbly seeking to elevate the Savior and equip us people. That's what we desire to be about. That's who we are. I hate it when people are wounded by the church because Satan wins. In any family, there are going to be struggles. There are going to be issues. I hate it when it happens. It happens here. It happens everywhere. Over the years, I know I've heard folks, I I regret that, I'm deeply sorry for that, not for standing for truth, not for preaching that which is true, but from sometimes being insensitive, uncaring, speaking hastily, speaking judgmentally. But by God's grace, in 31 years of ministry, we've never had a major church split, and that's a testimony to his goodness over the years that we've been here. 
And it's our desire really to lead humbly, to say our desire is to see you grow and become a Christ follower, to see you become a Christ follower. That's all we want to be about. Whatever it takes for that to happen, that's our prayer, that you would become a Christ follower. Because the problem is in many churches, there's so much conflict that churches don't thrive. Maybe you remember the little ditty I've used before. It's been a number of years. Oh, to live with the saints in glory, but to dwell with them here, that's another story. (laughs) And that's the problem in a lot of churches. People don't like one another. They don't like the leaders. The leaders don't like their people. It was hard for me today. Every Sunday, I love to walk up and down the aisle, shake hands, and visit with people. And I knew it wasn't a wise thing for me to do to infect you with what I've got. And so, really, that's a difficult thing for me to do. And it's just because I love you, I care for you, and I want you to be the man or woman that Christ wants you to be, that you will grow up in his likeness and model him. So when we look at this, our message is what we believe. Our mission is why we do what we do. Why do we do what we do? Why, why do we seek to accomplish the things that we do? Every week in your bulletin, and by the way, starting in a couple of weeks, we're going to change the bulletin to single-page format. We literally spend thousands of dollars every month to print all the inserts and all the stuff you have. We're going to go on Easter and Christmas, you usually get a one-page thing. We're going to start going to that to save thousands of dollars a month. Uh, the website is active. It's there. You can go to it. Most people in our day and age can do that. So we're just trying to be good stewards, better stewards with all that God's given us. And so you're going to see some changes there. Our our mission is pretty clear. TBC exists to glorify God through fulfilling the Great Commission by evangelizing the lost, establishing the young, equipping the growing, extending the mature. Temple Bible Church exists to glorify God. We could actually change that and say Gary DeSalvo exists to glorify God. Put your name there. You exist to glorify God. That's really the purpose of your life, to pay honor to the Father to make sure that he receives honor in your life, to make sure that he is the one who is made heavy. That's literally what the word glory means, that he is the one who is lifted up in your life. We do that if you know the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, 18 through 20. Jesus is speaking, and he says, you should go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age the Great Commission. We say that's what we are to be about. We are to evangelize, establish, equip, and extend. That's what we want to accomplish. That's what we seek to accomplish. We evangelize the lost. The reasons why we do the things we do are specifically within the framework of our mission statement and our core values. Our methods, how do we do it? We say personal surrender, biblical community, and we say, I forget why I had that slide in there, Pretty good slide. Oh, I know. I was going to talk about community for a while, and I was going to talk about how this resembles a church. Oftentimes, when it comes to community, we want to keep our distance. We don't want to mess with what's there, and we really don't like some of the things that are there. Personal surrender, community, and mission. That's what we want to be about. We want to make sure that our lives, that your lives, are impacted in that way. Evangelizing, establishing, equipping, and extending. Personal surrender. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus is speaking. Would you turn to that text with me for one second? And then I think I've got all the steam I've got out of me. 
Luke 14, beginning in verse 25. Great multitudes were going along with Jesus, and he turned to them and said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me, he cannot be my disciple. Verse 33, So therefore no one can be my disciple who does not give up all of his possessions. What Jesus is saying in in this section is we have to surrender ourselves totally in our relationship to people, whoever they might be, verse 26. In relationship to our personal pursuits, verse 27, we crucify everything. In relationship, verse 33, to our possessions. He's saying basically everything in your life is to be brought under my lordship. Everything in your life is to be surrendered to me. Everything in your life is to be given to me. You are to live your life with open hands. Every relationship you have, every dollar you have, and everything you possess is to be mine. And when we do that, then we become a community. We become a community of believers who seek to grow together, who seek to honor one another, who seek to love one another. The scriptures tell us we are to serve one another. The scriptures tell us we're to bear with one another. The scriptures tell us we're to forgive one another. We are to be a community of believers on mission. The reason we do things like we do, like Impact this summer, like Mission Galveston last week for our youth, the reason we do things like Backpack Buddies, you can sign up for Child Evangelism Fellowship in the hallway, the reason we do all these different things is because we want to be a community of believers on a mission. Do you recognize in our community, I mean in Central Texas, Temple Belt and Salado, Rogers Academy, Troy, Gatesville, where we come from, A group of believers this size can make a tremendous impact. Tremendous impact. We can reach out and we can do things. The drop that you bring your stuff for next week and leave them back in your car. Right now, we we feed folks through Churches Touching Lives for Christ, just Temple Bible Church, for about 8 to 10 days every month. People go there and get groceries because you bring groceries here, leave them back in your car, and, and we feed people there. Things like uh, Young Lives, things like Young Life, things like Hope Pregnancy Center, uh, all these ministries, jail ministries, uh, discipleship, unlimited prison ministries, many of those ministries are, are led by folks who are part of this body. We want you to penetrate this community for Jesus. We want you to live your life penetrating this community for the Savior. It starts when you surrender your life continues when you're in communion with other believers, and when you live your life on mission for him and him alone. We are the church. Together we can make a big difference. Alone we struggle. We're not made to live alone. We're made to live with others. We're made to function. We're made to function, loving one another, caring for one another, making sure that Christ is lifted up as we live our lives for him. To shoot that last video for our conclusion. Lately, it seems that we're getting more and more confused about what a church actually is. So let's take some time to set the record straight. Church is not a building, though a building can be used by a church. Church is not a denomination, though a set of beliefs should be important to a church. Church is not about Sunday, though a church should not forsake meeting together. 
Church is not about one person or personality, though every church should be pastored. And church is not about size or growth, though every church is called to make disciples. So don't think of church as an address or a location, but rather think of church as mobile and on the move. Don't think of church as something built or planted, but rather think of church as something deployed. Don't think of church as where you are for an hour each week, but rather what you are every day of the week, because the church is the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Feet shouldn't sit still. Hands shouldn't be idle. Feet go. Hands do. This is the church. Church isn't what you're sitting through right now, because you are the church. Now go and be the church. Father, that's our prayer, that we would go and be the church, right where you've planted us, right where we are, throughout our community. In Christ's name, amen. You're dismissed.